This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 81. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing an Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else you might get your podcasts. And also remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk more about at the end of this episode. So in this week's episode, I wanted to talk about the recent Canon announcements that occurred on Thursday, July 9th, 2020. So as all of my listeners know, because it has been discussed on this show in past weeks, Canon officially announced their R5 and R6 bodies on Thursday, July 9th, along with some lenses and other items. They held another video conference where they enlisted some of their Canon Explorers of Light, which is their ambassador program, Of course, since these people are basically sponsored by Canon, they get to beta test all of Canon's new gear. The ambassadors raved about the new bodies. Well, here is what we know now that the cameras are finally official. The Canon EOS R5 is their new pro mirrorless full frame body and has the following specs. Lens mount, Canon RF, of course. The megapixels, actual 47.1, effective 45 megapixels, max resolution of 8192 by 5464, aspect ratio of 1 to 1, 3 to 2, 4 to 3, and 16 to 9. The sensor is a CMOS, of course. Bit depth is 14 bit. This body does include in-body image stabilization, or IBIS, with sensor shift 5-axis stabilization. The ISO sensitivity goes from auto mode to ISO 100 to 51,200 and extends to 100 to 102,400 digital snowstorm. Why anybody would want that much ISO, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, shutter speed, mechanical, one eight thousandth of a second to 30 seconds. The electronic front curtain shutter, one eight thousandth to 30 seconds. The electronic shutter, one eight thousandth to .05 seconds. Now the metering method, center weighted, Average or centered weighted, weighted average, evaluative, partial, and spot are the four metering methods. Exposure modes, aperture priority, manual, program, and shutter priority. Remember, this is a pro body, so it does not have an auto exposure mode. Exposure compensation is minus three to plus three EV in one third and one half EV steps. Metering range is minus 3 to 20 EV. 
In the continuous shooting mode, the mechanical shutter can shoot up to 12 frames per second at 45 megapixels for up to 180 frames of RAW files or 350 frames of JPEG. This camera is equipped with interval recording. The self-timer has the option of a 2-second or a 10-second delay, which is pretty much standard for all Canon cameras. Video recording, this is one that a lot of people were wondering about, 8K RAW 12-bit with no crop at 30 frames per second. 4K with no crop at up to 120 frames per second as well as 1080p. External recording modes 4.2.2 10-bit. The recording limit is up to 29 minutes 59 seconds, which is standard on all Canon cameras. It has an external mic jack as well as a built-in microphone. The audio file format is ACC or AAC, I'm sorry, linear PCM. The focus type is both auto and manual focus, of course. The focus modes, continuous servo AF, which is mode C, manual focus mode M, and single servo AF, which is mode S. Autofocus points, they are all phase detection autofocus points, and it has 1,053 points for 100% coverage of the viewfinder. The autofocus sensitivity is minus 6 to plus 20 EV. Now, the viewfinder resolution on the new R5 has been upped quite a bit from the EOS R. The viewfinder resolution is 5,760,000 dots. That's going to be a really, really beautiful EVF. The rear LCD is 3.2 inches. No surprise there. Rear LCD type, free angle tilting touchscreen. Again, no surprise there. Max flash sync speed is 1 250th of a second, which is nice. Flash compensation is minus 3 to plus 3 EV in one-third and half EV steps. Now, as far as storage, as was long rumored, memory card slots, there are two. The first slot, and this is actually a little bit surprising because they reversed the order. Slot 1 is CF Express Type B. And slot two is SD UHS type two. For connectivity, the camera features USB type C, USB 3.1, HDMI D or micro HDMI, a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, and a 3.5 millimeter microphone jack, which I mentioned a moment ago. For wireless, it has both Wi Fi and Bluetooth, but for some reason, Canon chose not to put GPS in this body. Now, I'm totally baffled by that because Canon has already said in previous months that the R5 is basically the 5D equivalent. Well, if the 5D Mark IV has GPS, then why the heck doesn't the EOS R5 have GPS? It's a bit of a head scratcher there for me personally, anyways. Now, the battery is the new LPE6NH. However, the camera is also compatible with the standard LPE6N batteries that are very, very widely out distributed. They're, they've been used in a lot of Canon bodies. All of the 5D bodies, except for the 5D Classic, the 7D, the 7D Mark II, the 6D, the 6D Mark II, and the EOS R. 
So you could use those bodies from any of the uh, batteries, sorry, from any of those previous cameras in this new camera, in addition to the newer LP E6 and H. Now, I'm sure my listeners are wondering, I didn't mention it at the top of the episode, but it is the actual episode title, and that is episode 81, Canon Hits Sony Hard. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, why did I make the title that? Well, because this camera, other than a smaller megapixel sensor, is better in many ways than Sony's current A7 R4, which is their dual memory card slot pro body. The Sony might have a 61 megapixel sensor, but the Canon has almost twice the AF points, has 8K video with no crop, CF Express slot instead of two SD card slots only, and a new AF that not only does IAF and head AF for people, but does IAF head and full body for animal tracking, which is extremely impressive, and it's gonna make a lot of wildlife photographers, especially that photograph birds, extremely happy. Now, if you remember, I have said in multiple past episodes that it would only take Canon 18 to 24 months to catch Sony once they announced the EOS R at the end of 2018, and guess what? We haven't hit the two-year mark yet, and Canon has caught and passed Sony. Now, Sony fanboys and girls were like, no, Sony got a five-year head start. Canon will go out of business. Well, Canon's not only going strong, but they just dropped a better camera and have caught and passed Sony in tech and this new R5 body, which I mentioned a moment ago. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Sony makes bad cameras. I'm saying that the camera market has shifted dramatically. At one time, it was Canon and Nikon playing the one-up one-upmanship uh, game and now it's Canon and Sony trying to leapfrog each other and that's how that's going to be the new reality going forward uh, Nikon used to be the number two camera company but they have dropped to a distant third and now the heavyweights are Canon and Sony the R5 is selling for $3,899 versus Sony's $3,499 for the a7R4 but that's because Canon is still recouping their R&D money on developing the RF mount and their R-series bodies. But if you're not in a rush due to actual camera upgrade need, I'm predicting that by Christmas of this year, the R5 will probably drop down to $34.99 or maybe even $33.99. We'll have to wait and see. But Canon generally does drop the price a few months after the body first hits the market. They did it with the EOS R as well as the RP. So I'm predicting that they'll do that once again. But with the R5, Canon has certainly slapped Sony in the face and thrown down the gauntlet. Canon also has double the frames per second. Remember, the Sony can only do 10 frames per second, period, and only for up to 68 frames, and that's in JPEG. So it's probably 5 frames per second for RAW. Canon has 12 frames per second mechanical and 20 frames per second electronic for way more continuous frames. Okay, now enough on the Canon versus Sony. Let's move on to the new EOS R6. The Canon EOS R6 has the following specs per the Canon announcement. Lens mount RF, of course. Pixels, actual 21.4 megapixels. Effective is 20.1, same as the 1DX line, but it is a different sensor. 
Max resolution is 5472 by 3648. Aspect ratio is 3 to 2. Sensor type is CMOS, of course. Image format, JPEG, RAW, and HEIF. Now, the R5 does not do HEIF, but the R6 does. The bit depth is 14-bit, just like the R5. The R6 also has the same sensor shift 5-axis in-body image stabilization, or IBIS, and just like in the R5, the IBIS does work with the image stabilization in Canon lenses for even better stabilization. Now, the ISO sensitivity on the R6 is auto and then 100 to 102,400 digital snowstorm, and it can be extended to 100 to 204,800 ISO for the digital super snowstorm or the digital nor'easter, if you will. Why in God's name somebody would want a camera that could go that high in ISO is beyond me. All right, for shutter speed, they did not uh, cut back on the R6. Mechanical shutter, one eight thousandth of a second to 30 seconds. The electronic first cut curtain does one eight thousandth of a second to 30 seconds. And the electronic shutter does one eight thousandth to 0.05 seconds, just like on the R5. Now, for metering method, again, exactly the same as the R5. Center-weighted average, evaluative, partial, and spot. Now, for exposure modes, there is one addition on this body because it's considered more of an entry-level body. So, exposure modes, it has aperture priority, auto mode, manual, program, and shutter priority. Uh, now, for exposure compensation, it is the exact same as the R5, minus 3 to plus 3 EV and one-third and one-half EV steps. And the metering range is minus 3 to 20 EV, just like on the R5. Now, continuous shooting. A lot of people thought there was a chance Canon was going to dumb this down on the R6, but I'm happy to say they did not. The R6, just like the R5, has a mechanical shutter of up to 12 frames per second at full 20 megapixel resolution for up to 1,000 frames JPEG and 240 frames RAW. The electronic shutter up to 20 frames per second at 20 megapixels for up to 1,000 frames and 200, JPEG and 240 frames RAW as well. Now, the R6 does also have interval recording that has the same 2 and 10 second delay self timer. Video mode, 4K with no crop up to 120 frames per second and 1080p up to 120, for 10, 120 frames per second, I'm sorry, 10 bit. External recording modes, 422, 10 bit up to 60 frames per second for 4K. Recording limit is 29 minutes and 59 seconds, just like every other camera made by Canon. The audio recording internal and it does have an external mic input. The audio file format is AAC linear PCM. The focus type auto and manual. The focus modes are continuous servo AF mode C, manual focus mode M, and single servo mode S, just like on the R5. The autofocus points are all phase detection, and it has the same 1,053 focus points as the R5, again, for 100% coverage of the viewfinder. The autofocus sensitivity is minus 6.5 to plus 20 EV. 
The viewfinder resolution is 3,690,000 dots, so it basically sounds like it's the same viewfinder that's currently in the EOS R. The rear LCD is slightly smaller at 3 inches even. The rear LCD resolution is 1,620,000 dot. The rear LCD type, just like the R5, is free angle tilting touchscreen LCD. Just like the R5, the max sync speed is 1 250th of a second, which is very nice. Now, flash compensation is minus 3 to plus 3 EV in one-third and a half EV steps. Now, for the storage, dual memory card slots, both SD UHS Type 2. So that is fantastic. Both bodies have dual memory card slots. That's going to make everybody happy. Now for connectivity, the same as the R5, USB Type-C, USB 3.1, HDMI D or micro HDMI, 3.5 millimeter headphone and 3.5 millimeter microphone jacks. Wireless, it has both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, but I'm not 100% certain you'll have to forgive me because I didn't get a chance to watch the actual presentation. I'm not sure, but the rumors were that the R5 was going to have 5.0 Bluetooth, where the R6 would still only have, I think it's 4.2. And again, no GPS, which I can kind of understand that in the lower price point body of the R6, but it still kind of ticks me off that they didn't put GPS in the R5, when, as I said before, they specifically stated that the R5 is the 5D mirrorless equivalent. Now, another thing that is nice that Canon did different this time, the battery for the R6 is the same LPE6NH, which is fantastic. That is going to make a ton of people extremely happy, including myself. Now, looking at the specs, the R6 is basically in the same class as the Sony a7 III, and it also is a better camera. Better external recording with 10-bit versus 8-bit on the Sony, nearly twice the AF points and a higher resolution EVF, and only 4 megapixel smaller sensor. The R6 also has double the continuous shooting frames and more than twice the shooting buffer of the Sony a7 III. Again, we're going to see the same leapfrogging between Canon and Sony. The a7 III has been out for a while, and when Sony drops the a7 IV, they will up the ante for sure. The R6 has the same AF system as the R5, which will make everybody happy, uh, which includes the IAF and head for people, as well as IAF head and body for animal tracking. The R6 is priced at $24.99, but will most likely be the same $2,000 as the a7 III by Christmas. So again, if you can wait a little while, you'll definitely save some money by getting it, buying your body closer to Christmas time instead of jumping on the pre-orders right now, just so you can brag you got the latest and greatest. Okay, so now let's talk about Canon's new lens announcements. Okay, first up in the world of new Canon RF mount lenses is the new and extremely already popular, <laughs> per uh, any of the messaging and posts you see on social media, the first new lens that's coming out is the Canon RF 100-500mm f4.5-7.1 LISUSM. Again, this lens has been rumored for quite a while, so no shock there. 
uh, per Canon, covering a variety of telephoto focal lengths. The Canon RF 100-500 spans a short to super telephoto range within a sleek and portable form factor. The modest maximum aperture enables a relatively portable design that is well-suited to handhold, walk-around, use, and the optical image stabilization also helps to steady photos and videos by up to five stops when working in difficult lighting conditions. This lens is also characterized by its advanced optical design, which includes a series of super UD and UD elements to greatly reduce chromatic aberrations and color fringing throughout the zoom range for a degree of clarity and color accuracy. Balancing the distinguished optical assets in the dual nano USM focus system, which delivers fast, nearly silent autofocus performance with full-time manual focus override. A unique control ring is also integrated into the lens design for intuitive control over exposure settings from the lens itself, and the rotating zoom ring also features torque adjustment for fine-tuning the feel of the lens. Additionally, this new 100-500mm lens is weather-sealed and has a fluorine coating to protect the front and rear elements. Now, some of the bullet points that Canon released on this lens... Versatile telephoto lens designed for use with full-frame Canon R-mount mirrorless cameras. Six UD or ultra-low dispersion elements and one super UD element help to minimize chromatic aberrations and color fringing in order to provide greater clarity and color accuracy. An optical image stabilizer helps to minimize the appearance of camera shake by five stops to better enable working in low-light conditions and with slower shutter speeds. Three distinct IS modes are available. Standard single-shot mode, a panning-optimized mode, and a mode that only activates the image stabilization during the exposure, which is really cool because that'll help extend your battery life on the camera. That'll be make a lot of folks happy. I know it'll make me happy. Uh, dual Nano USM system utilizes both a ring-type USM and an STM mechanism to realize quick and accurate focusing that is also smooth and nearly silent to suit both photography and video applications. This focusing system also affords full-time manual focus control when working in the one-shot AF mode. Configurable control ring can be used to adjust a variety of exposure settings, including aperture, ISO, and exposure compensation. Protective fluorine coatings have been applied to the front and rear elements to resist fingerprints and smudges and to make cleaning these elements significantly easier. As a member of the esteemed L-Series, this lens has a weather-resistant design that protects against dust and moisture to enable its use in inclement weather conditions. Rotation-type zoom ring features torque adjustment capabilities to fine-tune the handling of the lens or to prevent the lens from accidentally extending. Including lens hood features, a side window to allow for easier adjustment of specialized rotating filters such as polarizers while the lens hood is attached. So similar kind of lens hood to the EF100-400. Compatible with optional extender RF 1.4X and extender RF 2X teleconverters when used within the 300 to 500 millimeter range of the lens to further extend the effective focal length range. 
Now, that is all the information that Canon gave out about the 100 to 500. And I do really like this lens. I used to have the 100 to 400, uh, 4.5 to 6.3 Mark II LIS USM lens. And it is a that one is a fantastic lens for wildlife. Now, I am a little disappointed that they went to 7.1, but at least they also added another 100 millimeters on the long end for wildlife shooters. And it does pair with both the 1.4 and 2X tele-extenders for even more reach. The downside, of course, is that you lose even more light-gathering ability. Now, this lens is pricey at $2,700, but many of the RFL glass lenses are overpriced to recoup uh, research and development costs. So, no shock there. But this does look like it's going to be a fantastic wildlife lens. It'll be really cool for wildlife shooters to be able to put the 2X teleconverter. Now, granted, you're going to lose double the light again, but that would give you a, a 1,000 millimeter focal length on the long end, which would be really great, especially for those people that also like to shoot, say, lunar photography. If you like to shoot the moon, then with the 1,000 millimeter range uh, reach, you'd be able to do that and get closer, tighter shots of the moon. Maybe only by another 100 millimeters, but hey, every bit counts when you're shooting at that big ball in the sky. Next up, Canon announced the RF 600 millimeter F11 IS STM lens. Now, per Canon, this is an impressive and incredibly unique super telephoto. The Canon RF 600 millimeter F11 IS STM is an especially compact and lightweight lens considering its fo uh, total focal length. Featuring uh, a retractable design and a fixed F11 aperture, this lens's sleek profile makes handheld super telephoto shooting a very real possibility. And image stabilization included further helps to achieve sharp imagery when working in difficult lighting conditions. <laughs> I don't know about that at F11. We'll have to see. Also contributing to the reduced size is a distinct optical layout, which uses gapless dual-layer diffractive optics instead of multiple heavier individual elements, which also effectively controls color fringing and chromatic aberrations for high clarity. Complementing this design is an STM stepper motor that delivers quick and quiet autofocus performance that is suitable for both stills and video needs. Additionally, a control ring is also integrated into the lens design for intuitive control over exposure settings from the lens itself. If you need more reach, the 600mm is compatible with the 1.4 and 2x RF tele-extenders for an effective focal length of 840 and 1200mm respectively. Now, the only downside of that is it's already an F11, so if you put the 2x teleconverter on there, you maximum <laughs> aperture is going to be f22 so not sure how that's going to be helpful so the bullet points from canon's uh press conference for this lens super telephoto primes designed for use with the full frame canon rf mount mirrorless digital cameras fixed f11 aperture contributes to the sleek and portable form factor as well as a balanced mixture of depth of field and sharpness Gapless dual-layer diffractive optics contributed to a marked reduction in chronomagic, chronomatic and spherical aberrations, as well as benefit the design of a relatively compact and lightweight lens. 
Now, it does feature a retractable, extendable design with a locking lens barrel, offer an impressively compact form factor considering the two super telephoto design. Optical image stabilization helps to minimize the appearance of camera shake by up to five stops to better enable working in low light conditions and with slower shutter speeds. The STM stepping motor offers quiet, uh, fast, quiet, smooth, and accurate autofocus performance that is ideal for video recording as well as still shooting. Configurable control ring that can be used to adjust a variety of exposure settings, including aperture, ISO, and exposure compensation. Compatible with optional extender RF 1.4x and RF 2x to further increase the effective focal length. Now, I'm not sure what Canon is trying to do with both a 600 and an 800 millimeter lens at f11 fixed uh, aperture. To me, it just does not make a whole heck of a lot of sense. I probably would never buy either one of these lenses in a million years, even though they're they're affordable. Um, but I'm just not sure what in God's name you're going to do with an f11 lens. I mean, I understand they're trying to make some more affordable glass for RF glass for hobbyists and amateurs, but at f11, man, you need a ton of light to be able to use these lenses. Canon claimed during their event that with the new sensor technology in the R5 and R6, you could easily use these lenses at ISO 10,000 and still get super clean images, but I'll have to try that for myself before I believe it. I'm leery as I always prefer to keep my ISO as low as possible anytime I'm shooting. I don't personally like to go above ISO 800 if at all possible. Now, the good news is for those that don't have deep, deep pockets, this 600 millimeter lens is priced at only $699. Next up, the Canon RF 800mm F11 IS STM. Now, per Canon, it's a super long-reach, super compact design. The Canon RF 800mm F11 IS STM is a unique telephoto prime featuring a distinctive mixture of focal length and form factor. Characterized by its retractable design and a fixed F11 aperture, this lens's sleek profile makes handheld super telephoto shooting a very real possibility, and four-stop effective optical image stabilization further helps to achieve sharp imagery when working in difficult lighting conditions. Also contributing to the reduced size is a distinct optical layout which uses gapless dual-layer diffractive optics instead of multiple heavier individual elements. Again, same design as the 600mm, which also effectively controls color fringing and chronomatic aberrations for high clarity. Complementing this design is an STM stepping motor that delivers quick and quiet autofocus performance that is suitable for both stills and video needs. Additionally, a control ring is also integrated into the lens design for intuitive control over exposure settings from the lens itself. If you decide that you need more than 800 millimeters, this lens is also compatible with the 1.4X and the 2X RF Tele extenders for equivalent focal lengths of 1,200 or 120 millimeters to 1,600 millimeters, respectively. But again, you're going to be stuck at f22 if you're using the two times tele extender. Now, the bullet points for this lens is Super Telephoto Prime, designed for use with Canon full frame R mount mirrorless digital cameras. 
A fixed F11 aperture contributes to the sleek and portable form factor, as well as a balanced mixture of depth of field and sharpness. Gapless dual-layer diffractive optics contribute to a marked reduction in chronomatic and spherical aberrations, as well as benefit the design of a relatively compact and lightweight lens. Retractable slash extendable design with a locking lens barrel offers an impressively compact form factor considering the super telephoto design. An optical image stabilization helps to minimize the appearance of camera shake by up to four stops to better enable working in low light conditions and with slower shutter speeds. The STM stepping motor offers fast, quiet, smooth, and accurate autofocus performance that is ideal for video recording as well as still shooting. The configurable control ring can be used to adjust a variety of exposure settings, including aperture, ISO, and exposure compensation. This lens, again, is compatible with both the optical uh, 1.4x and 2x tele-extenders to further increase the effective focal length. Now, for those that might be interested in this lens, this lens is priced at $899, so not a super terrible price, but in my opinion, a super terrible maximum aperture. The next lens that Canon announced at their press event is the RF 85mm f2 macro IS STM lens. Now, per Canon, combining a short telephoto field of view with a sleek design and close focusing performance, the RF 85 f2 macro IS STM is a well-rounded lens for a range of subjects from portraits to macro. Its close focus design enables working with subject matter as close as 1.15 feet away, and with a 1 to 2 maximum magnification, the STM stepper motor affords impressively quiet and smooth autofocus performance and full-time manual focus override. Helping to create sharp imagery, the lens also features optical image stabilization along with hybrid IS to suppress up to five stops of camera shake for cleaner and steadier shooting. A UD ultra-low dispersion element is also used in the optical design to minimize aberrations and ensure clarity. Additionally, a configurable control ring lets you adjust the exposure settings including ISO, aperture, and exposure compensation from the lens itself. Now, the bullet points that Canon gave for this lens, portrait length prime designed for use with the full-frame Canon RF mount mirrorless digital bodies. Modest but bright F2 maximum aperture maintains an overall sleek form factor while also benefit benefiting working in available lighting conditions. The macro design benefits working with close-up subjects and provides a 1 to 2 maximum magnification along with a minimum focusing distance of 1.15 feet as mentioned before. Optical image stabilizer helps to minimize the appearance of camera shake by up to five stops to better enable working in low light conditions and with slower shutter speeds. Also, a hybrid IS setting compensates for angular and shift type camera movements to specific, specifically benefit close-up shooting. The STM stepping motor offers fast, quick, smooth, and accurate autofocus performance that is ideal for recording as well, uh, stills as well as video. Configurable control ring can be used to adjust a variety of exposure settings, including aperture, ISO, and exposure compensation, or shutter speed if you'd like. The rounded 9-blade diaphragm contributes to pleasing bokeh quality. 
Now this does sound like an interesting lens and I'll probably pick one up since it's only $5.99 and that's a great price. But I am, like everyone else, disappointed that it is a 1-2 max magnification. So it's not really a true macro lens, but it's still a great price for a native RF mount 85mm portrait lens for those like myself who don't want to spend thousands of dollars on either of the two existing RF 85mm 1.2L portrait lenses. So at least we got that. <laughs> At $599, it's a great deal, and it looks like it's going to be a fantastic lens. I'm very excited. I have the 35mm uh, IS-STM lens, and I really love that lens. It's super lightweight, super fast, quiet, and accurate autofocus, and it makes amazing images for street photography. So I'm definitely excited about this 85mm portrait lens possibility. I think I'm going to pull the trigger on this one instead of uh, uh, selling my manual focus Rokinon 85mm f1.4. Um, because the 85mm Rokinon f1.4 with AF, I think is like seven or $800. And I can get the native Canon 85mm IS-STM for two to $300 cheaper. So I think I'm going to go ahead and go that route. Not that I have anything against uh, the Rokinon lenses. As I've said in numerous previous episodes, they are fantastic third-party lenses. Now, the next item that Canon announced as part of this overall uh, press announcement is the Canon RF Extender 1.4X. Per Canon, extend the reach of select Canon RF mount lenses with the Tele-Extender RF 1.4X. This teleconverter magnifies the image by 1.4 times and retains full communication between the lens and camera body, enabling metering, autofocus, and image stabilization, as well as the transmission of EXIF data. Additionally, the Extender RF is dust and water resistant and has a heat shield exterior to ensure optimal performance in a range of conditions. Lens compatibility, this uh, tele-extender is compatible with the 100 to 500 millimeter f4.5 to 7.1 LIS USM, but can only be used within the 300 to 500 millimeter range. It's also compatible with the RF 600 millimeter f11 IS STM and the RF 800 millimeter f11 IS STM, as I mentioned previously in those lens segments. The price for the 1.4 times tele-extender is 499. Next up from Canon's announcement, the Canon Tele-Extender RF 2x. Per Canon, extend the reach of select Canon RF mount lenses with the Tele-Extender RF 2x. This teleconverter magnifies the image by 2 times and retains full communication between the lens and camera body, enabling metering, autofocus, and image stabilization, as well as the transmission of EXIF data. Additionally, the Extender RF is dust and water resistant and has a heat shield exterior to ensure optimum performance in a range of conditions. Again, lens compatibility, same as the 1.4X. It works with the RF 100-500, the RF 600, and the RF 800mm, respectively, and the price for the 2 times tele-extender is $599. Now, I'm really happy that Canon is finally releasing RF extenders, but bummed that you can't use them with either the RF 24-105 F4L ISUSM or the RF 70-200 F2.8 L ISUSM. 
as that would have been nice for those of us who have those lenses and want a little more reach from time to time. Now, the last major item Canon announced was the BG-R10 battery grip. Dedicated to the Canon EOS R5 and R6 mirrorless camera, the BG-R10 battery grip offers extended shooting times as well as improved handling, especially when working in the vertical shooting orientation. The grip's design permits working with two LPEN6 NH or LPEN6 or LPE6 batteries to effectively double battery life. Additionally, the extended design for the grip facilitates a more stable hold and secondary control dials and an additional shutter release permit effective control over the camera. Additionally, the grip is designed to the same weather-resistant standards as the camera bodies for use in inclement weather conditions. Now, I really love that this time, Canon was kind to their customers and designed both the R5 and the R6 to use this same battery grip instead of one getting the grip and one not, like they did with the EOS R and RP. Now, especially since the RP really needs one with its stupid small batteries. Luckily, there is a third-party maker that offers a battery grip for the RP, and you can find it on Amazon. I'll include a link in the show notes for this episode. Now, it's not a perfect battery grip, as for some reason, it makes the RP think that even genuine Canon batteries are counterfeit, which is a pain and a little bit odd, since I do have two third-party batteries for the RP as well, and they work fine without the without the camera complaining if I put one of them directly into the camera. So that's definitely a little bit odd. I've tried reaching out to the manufacturer about it. I'm waiting to see if they're going to reply back to me or not. It's kind of hard to tell, but hopefully I'll hear something from them. Now, I do want to apologize because I said a moment ago when I announced the battery grip that that was the last major item in the announcement. I apologize. I forgot to take that back out of my show notes as I was reading them. The last major item that Canon announced is actually the Canon F, uh, WFT-R10A wireless file transmitter. Now, this item is exciting, but it's also expensive, so listen up here on this one. Combining robust connectivity with an integrated battery grip design, the WFT-R10A wireless file transmitter is a network workflow asset for the Canon EOS R5 mirrorless camera. Now, this is designed for the R5 only. You cannot use it with the R6. This transmitter slash grip combination permits transferring of image files using either wired or wireless LAN connections with FTP, FTPS, SFTP support for secure file sharing. EOS utility and network setting tool support, along with an updated and intuitive interface, permit creating various wireless configurations of varying complexities, including enhanced support for linked multi-camera shooting and wirelessly synced applications. As a grip, the WFT-R10A provides extended battery life with the ability to accept up to two LPE6, LPE6N, or LPE6NH batteries. It also provides users with a set of vertical controls and dials, including a shutter release and a joystick, to make the camera more comfortable to use in portrait orientation. Additionally, this battery grip matches the dust and water resistance of the R5 itself to suit working in inclement weather conditions. 
Now, bullet points, both wired Ethernet and wireless LAN or Wi-Fi connectivity options are available for custom networking solutions. Wireless support has been upgraded over the base camera with 802.11ac/c 2 times 2 NIMIMO technology to achieve transfer speeds of up to 867 megabytes a second megabits a second also standard 802.11 bgn at 2.4 gigahertz and 802.11 ac a and n at 5 gigahertz are options for compatibility with different networks as a vertical battery grip the wft-r10a offers the expected advantages of longer battery life and easier operation for vertical shooting and as i mentioned a moment ago it holds two of each of the type of lpe6 batteries uh, for effectively doubling the camera's runtime, it also has vertical controls including dials, a multi-controller, and shutter release, and is dust and moisture resistant to match the camera. Professional workflows sometimes require advanced remote transfer options including FTP and encryption. The WFT-R10A allows configuring for direct image transfer from the camera to local or off-site servers using FTP, FTPS, and SFTP, respectively. The EOS utility software is available providing options for live view, remote shooting, and image transfer. This works well with the network setting tool for adjusting network-specific options using a computer. This tool allows the export and import of setting files, NIF files, LAN setup, and the ability to check access to the FTP server and create folders, which is impressive. One camera can connect uh, to up to 10 receiver cameras, all equipped with the WFT-R10A via wireless LAN for remote multi-camera shooting or to sync time of all of your cameras. Now, this is a nice additional add-on for the R5 only. Again, it's not available for the R6. You can only use this file transfer uh, battery grip with the R5. But at $1,000, a piece i don't know if many people will buy it unless they are using a slew of r5s for filming tv shows or movies i do like that it allows the r5 to have a land port for tethered shooting since generally only canon's flagship dslrs in the 1d line have had that ability up until now it's also nice that this version of the battery grip also has the joystick for vertical portrait shooting where the standard battery grip does not other than these major items, the only other things that Canon announced for uh, during this press event were the lens hoods for the new lenses and, of course, the new LPE6 NH batteries. So I won't bore you with all of the part numbers. You can find them on B&H or any other major camera store website. All right, that is going to wrap up episode 81 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or anywhere else you might be listening to the show. And also remind you to remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. Now, you can reach the show by call or text at 470-294-8191 to leave a comment or request a topic or a guest for the show. And additionally, you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Now, remember on the Facebook group, that is a closed group. You have to answer a question to join. And that is the name of the host of the show, which is myself. You can put Liam or Liam Douglas, either one will work. And I also opened it up 
so that you can give the name of any of the guests I've had on the show, whether it's Brett Bergram from last week, uh, Jeff Harmon, John Harvell, Jill Mott, Ruben Naha. Uh, any of those names will work as well and get you into the group. You can find my personal work at www.liamphotography.net, and you can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my project at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com. Also remember that sometime in August, I will be starting the next giveaway, which the grand prize will be a new tripod. All right, I will see you all again in another seven days for episode 82.